Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions Podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today I'm going to be talking to long-term missionary and counselor Donnie Schultz on the topic of missionary care. How are you doing, Donnie? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Donnie, I would love if you could just take a minute and tell our audience a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, My background is that... uh, I spent about 15 years in the Netherlands and raised a family there. My husband was uh, uh, stationed over there uh, when he was uh, very young. And um, stationed in the in the military. Yeah, he was in the military. Okay. And uh, became a Christian over there, hmm. and uh, converted by two guys in a tent uh, in France. So uh, he traveled all over Europe and. He must have been in Amsterdam on a sunny day because they asked him to come back and he thought it'd be great. So that's yeah. how he asked me to marry him. Would you go to Holland with me? <laughs> uh, I was on my way to Africa. Okay. Uh, for, so, for mission work or what? Yeah, kind of for thing? mission work. Well, I called it mission work. It was to be at Noi Mission and okay. work with children. So, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so, so 15 years in the Netherlands and what after that? Uh, we went to York College, mm-hmm. uh, where he worked in the Bible department, and I went back to school and uh, worked on a, a master's and mm-hmm. then a doctorate. And when I started my doctorate, my husband joined me. We did our doctor's degrees together in different areas, but our dissertations were similar. His was on missionary kid reentry, and mine was on Church of Christ family reentry. Okay. So his was very broad, wasn't limited to Churches of Christ, but across the board. Sure. Mine was much narrower, dealing with just Churches of Christ. And that's where is that when you began to get into missionary care and do kind of family uh, counseling? Well, in stuff? a way, in a way, you do missionary care when you're on the field because we lived at a place where uh, uh, it was a hub, uh, airport hub, mm-hmm. and missionaries from Africa would come through. And, and 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 on their way to missions would stop there. Yeah. And uh, so you learned a whole lot about other places. I'm sure. And what people were going through. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you do now and, and your position at MRN. Uh, well, what I do now is just uh, try to help missionaries on the field and uh, churches uh, as they choose missionaries to, to help them do a good job. And can you say a little bit more about in what capacity you help? teams uh well we do uh trainings here uh and we have uh interpersonal workshop where we mm-hmm. talk about uh how teams work together and make decisions together and uh learn to communicate together and to deal with conflict sure uh, uh mark cooper works with uh, cross-cultural helping them uh try to f- ask the right questions mm-hmm. about the culture sure and all of that uh, right there, but I also do assessment, mm-hmm. uh, initial assessment of whether they really it's time for them to go. Sure. So you you help do some preparation in terms of transition and emotional inventories, right? Counseling, team dynamics, right? Right. So that a lot of the of yeah. interpersonal and then also right. emotional life stuff. Yeah. And I have gone to the field to work with teams. Uh, okay. Uh, what's the, I mean one of my first things was to go to a team that wouldn't talk to each other. <laughs> sure. And my job was to do the talking for them. Sure. So yeah. some intervention, crisis counseling right. kind of stuff with <laughs> team dysfunction. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested, you know, we've got teams in different cities, but a lot of our listeners are in the field somewhere in missions or considering going into missions. And I feel like 
the missionary care element isn't always really thoroughly addressed in the preparation and training mm-hmm. for missionaries. For a lot of the streams that people come to the field from, they train on missionary strategies and maybe some ministry techniques and skills. But I think a lot of people have to learn missionary care and self-care through hard knocks if they learn it at all. So I would love if you could just talk through some of the more common things that you've seen. So what are the most common issues that you've run into doing missionary care and counseling, both with teams or, you know, with individual families? What are just common issues that come up in the field? Uh, well, there's been, there have been several studies and, um, the biggest problem for missionaries is other missionaries. Sure. Yeah. Conflict or? Conflict or, and, and difference of opinion mm. and, um, and not being assertive, uh, mm. in uh, the sense of, uh, not wanting to hurt other people's feelings and keep things kind of flowing and going. And, sure. So and so we don't say anything and you squash it down and then it will explode at some point or you just stop communicating. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, trying to preserve harmony rather than really resolve differences, would you say that's a fair? Yes, right. And the preservation of the team. Uh, once mission, uh, once uh, people are converted and uh, they are becoming very active, is that is the team really necessary anymore? Is oh, that the primary? Uh, is that the primary purpose of of being a team? Is to keep the team together? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important, I think, to be inclusive. Say more about that. Inclusive in what way? Well. Uh, when does the team get in the way of the church? Oh, so when does the, the sort of team identity need to dissolve into a larger right. kind of body of yes. church and, and community? Yeah. Now, okay. that's a personal opinion, but sure. Uh, but that's one of the things that I think I've seen. Sure, but it's a personal opinion informed by a lot of experience, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about when when you see teams i'd like to focus in on the communication element because i know we've dealt with that in our own team in new york right learning how to be assertive as a form of caring about your teammates right um that you know don't repress conflict have healthy conflict that kind of thing right how do you coach teams in terms of developing those sort of habits is there particular tools or methods or anything that you can speak to that help teams start to build that kind of better communication? Oh, I, yes, there are, uh, there are some inventories out there that, uh, have been developed where you ask the different team members to fill in the inventory. Mm-hmm. And then you come and you debrief the inventory, but what they don't know is that the open-ended questions will be revealed, uh, mm-hmm. in the session. And then you begin to find out, then you begin the real discussions. That's, that's one tool. Um, if you, if there could be some conflict before they leave, uh, and I think that leave for the field, you mean? Yes, leave for the field, and that, that becomes a little bit evident. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have someone coming to see me or someone else, and <clears throat> what they want to tell you is, this is going on, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know about this. If you could bring that out in the open before they ever go to the yeah, field so, so they that have, you can work those things out here. So they have practice you, before they get on the practice ground. Practice before yeah. they go. That doesn't always happen. Um, but uh, one of the things that I share with people is that pay attention to your gut feelings. If you've mm-hmm. got this feeling that something's going on here and it's, it doesn't seem right, mm-hmm. you might be right. 
And so, uh, in order to address it, come from underneath. What do you mean by that? Uh, humbly. Hmm. Uh, you may be wrong. And so, what you, and you always take responsibility for what your own feeling without blaming other people. Yeah. And so you come in from underneath and say, you know, I get the feeling, I kind of think, um, and I may be wrong about this, but sure. I'm, I think we have an issue here about whatever you're worried about. Sure. So, so and, bringing that feeling to a teammate right. assertively, but allowing them to correct maybe a misinterpretation. Right. And not being uh, yeah. forceful about it, mm-hmm. but trying to just um, owning what you're feeling. Yeah. And then people say, oh, no, uh, that is not what we meant at all. This mm-hmm. is what we mean. And that at least clarifies it and clears the air sure. immediately. Uh, it's when you harbor things and keep them inside that you're liable to blow up at some point. Yeah, that seems like a really helpful habit for especially managing team tensions or conflicts. And marriage. <laughs> yeah, certainly that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so... That's a good practice, it seems like, for helping develop uh, some healthy systems of communication for inter-team conflict uh, and for managing tensions on a team. I'm curious, you know, one of the experiences we've had on various missionary teams, both in New York and elsewhere, is when you don't necessarily have conflict with a teammate, but you see that they are not doing well in terms of their own personal health. And are there any habits or uh team dynamic things that you can address in terms of helping to encourage or hold accountable your teammates for staying healthy enough and not burning out? Uh, well, it, that's a multifaceted question. Sure, absolutely, yeah. And so if you want to think about a bullseye, mm-hmm. in the center of the bullseye is uh, master care. Okay, what does that mean? Master care means taking care of... Um, of letting Jesus take care of you okay, and yeah. having a relationship with him. And that's that's one thing that we get so busy doing God's work, we forget to God himself. Sure. And uh, it's very, very important to keep a spiritual life mm-hmm. in uh, some silence, some solitude, some uh, walking through scriptures, even doing it with your imagination, sure. spending time in prayer. Those are very important things. But then that extends then to someone else, mm-hmm. uh, your own family that you're with, mm-hmm. is that you uh, feed each other. And so there's uh, mutual care sure. for each other. And um, and that can extend to a team, mm-hmm. that there should be some time in the Word and where you're really open and have a relationship that you can share mm-hmm. uh, things. And it's, it's an atmosphere where you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's no condemnation. There's just love and care yeah. and compassion. And um, I tried this. Maybe this will work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't, we'll work something out. But I'm here for you. Yes. Uh, those are real, real important. And so I'm always, this is sort of my mantra. The number one need of missionaries is spiritual. Mm-hmm. If missionaries can choose between seeing a pastor type person mm-hmm. Or seeing a, a psychologist, they will choose the pastor. Why is that? Because they are always giving and needy, and they need to be filled. Yeah, okay. They need something. And I guess the second thing that I am did know that I, when I got into this uh, kind of thing, the most important thing is is having some fun. 
Say more about that, because you've talked to me about this before in my own missionary work, and it, right. I, I actually mentioned this not too long ago on the podcast, that some of the best advice I got before going in the field, you had told me, you know, you need to find some friends that are just fun, that aren't a part of your ministry, that just local people that you would want to hang out with. Yeah. And it is quite literally at times kept me in the field when everything else was just terrible. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because uh, a merry heart does good like medicine. Mm. I mean, Solomon knew that long, yeah. long before we did. And people who live the longest are people in community. Yeah. I, talk to me about this because it seems like a lot of missionaries feel guilty for having fun or appearing like they're doing anything, you know, touristy or exotic. Is that something you come across as well? Oh, well, yeah, we've had to caution some teams to not post too much on Facebook about the fun or <laughs> having a speech. Right. Because they do it too often. Uh, but no, it's necessary. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of times when a missionary will Skype me, like, and they, they Skype because they're desperate at that point. Sure. And, um, they don't know what else to do now. And one of the things I ask is, when, when's the last time you laughed? Hmm. When's the last time you had any fun? When's the last time you had a date with your wife or, um, you know, got out and jogged or mm-hmm. do anything that would uh, relieve you? And, you know, it's not safe everywhere to do that. Sure. It's also not kosher in some cultures sure. to do that kind of thing. So what do you do mm. uh, to have some fun? Uh, romp on the floor with your kids. Yeah. I, I, this is a related question, but kind of synthesizing the stuff we've talked about so far, I think one of the pressures that I've seen in a lot of teams is the team feel like they need to be each other's best friends. Uh-huh. And there is uh, at times a resistance or maybe even a, a jealousy about forming friendships outside of the team. Yeah. What would you say to people that are having that experience? Oh, wow. That's a toughie. Uh, probably people are feeling very insecure within themselves. Mm. Uh that they don't want someone to disappear out of their life. I think you need to reassure each other that you're not going to disappear. Sure, you're still teamed together. Right. But, you know, I mean, Scripture says, whatever you do in word or deed, you do to the glory of God. So, I mean, if you go swimming or if you go to a movie or you go jogging, um, it's still a part of your life. It's still honoring God. You're not going to do anything that would dishonor God and any sure. of these things. And sometimes... These outside excursions are going to bring you new friendships, mm-hmm. new contacts, new ways of, of of being with other people. Sure, um, but that might inevitably draw you more outside away. of the time with your team. It could. Yeah, and that and you know there might come a time when we talked about this in the beginning is that the team needs to be less important, and you do need to nurture all of these relationships mm-hmm. that are around you. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, one thing I think is real, real important, Seth, is that we trust, we learn to trust the people that we are coming to work with. Hmm. Expand on that, could you? Um, it's not up to us to make all decisions. It's not up to us to decide what worship looks like or prayer looks like or what does it look like in that culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't make decisions about those important kind of things. We share what Scripture says, and then we let them find the cultural way of expressing that. Sure. So really em- empowering 
our teammates and the people we disciple to kind of incarnate ministry as the spirit leads them to do. Right. Yeah. Talk to me about, you know, for people that are in the field without a team, either a single family or maybe even a single individual, what are some structures or practices that they can try to build into their life to ensure ongoing care and health? Uh, well, when I was talking about the bullseye, sure, that third ring around the bullseye's church, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be the local members, mm-hmm. but it could be the people back home that are supporting you. You mm-hmm. need a few people back home who are going to check up on you regularly, yeah, and call you and ask you if you had fun, right? Uh, Ask you, what are you reading right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, send you a good book. Uh, pay for a Kindle uh, for you to download something. Right. Um, send you jokes. Yeah. Tell you about stuff that's going on. Uh, you need that. You mm-hmm. need that outside ring. How but do you develop this that? This is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Okay? Learn the language. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a country that has the same language, well, learn to say the words like they do. Mm-hmm. So privacy is privacy. But learn to communicate mm-hmm. in that culture and know what's very, very important in that culture. And the other thing is learn that culture. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. What's very important? What What are the values? Mm-hmm. What are the principles there? And make friends with the people. Mm-hmm. There are good people in every nation mm-hmm. that, that are seeking God. And and those are the people you need to hang out with. Yeah. And so appreciate the culture. And learn to eat what they eat. And learn to, to love what they love. And it'll change your whole value system. It'll make reentry horrible. <laughs> uh, but it, it's absolutely worth it. Mm. And so, yeah. learn to have fun in that culture. What is what is fun in that culture? Mm. What is valuable in that culture? And it's always it's always around food. Fellowship is always around food. Mm. Every, in every culture, almost every culture. Yeah, I would say every culture. That's that's been my experience for yeah. sure. Yeah, and. Um, one of the things I learned as a woman is I never realized how important it was for me to learn to cook and to be hospitable mm. and to have my home open at all times and mm. and to go and impose on others and take their hospitality. Now, I'm interested in that one because I think a lot of the people that I know feel guilty not being the host. Um, you'd say it's pretty important to had that reciprocal hospitality. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's important that I think the the people that become loved in a culture are the people who uh have needs mm-hmm. and let other people fill those needs. It's really hard for a lot of missionaries is to be vulnerable and needy with the people they're supposed to be quote unquote ministering to, yeah. We're no more important than they are. Right. And if and if it's the church if we are developing a fellowship mm-hmm. of believers, um, our gifts are very important, but our gifts are not the only gifts. Mm. Yeah, that's a really important word, I think. Um, so I've got one more question I'd like to end on. Uh, 
I think a lot of the the stuff I see that they work on with teams addresses culture shock and, you know, the transition and, and cultural learning of the early years. But, you know, when you look at people that are, you know, five, ten years in the field, how how do the practices and habits that they need to be cultivating differ from the ones that you would coach an early team in? You know, if you want to be an ongoing learner in the field and continue to stay healthy in the long term, is the long term learning different than, you know, what you tell short term people? Well, in a way. I don't. I don't really know how to answer that question because I think you just become, um, we change as people. Mm -hmm. We grow and mature as people. We learn. Uh, we, uh, we, we are not the same people that, that came. Absolutely. And, and that's, I think the, and, my question is, I, I and so, uh, uh, deepening, a deepening relationship with God and a deepening relationship with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, is is critical, and staying fresh. Um, I'm a real proponent of lifelong learning, mm -hmm. of continuing to uh, read and uh, absorb what what's going on in the world, and keeping yeah. up uh, with what's happening in the world, and being very aware. I mean, the country where I lived is not the country that I visit. So you mean when you go back to the Netherlands, it's not the same as when you oh, live no, there? Oh, no, not at all. Hmm. And I have children who live there. Right. And I tell them all the time, this is not what I experienced. Hmm. What you experienced is so different. And But, you see, they have changed with the culture. Right. And they don't know. Right. It's like they, a fish in water. Right. Yeah. They don't know how much it's changed, and I keep telling them how much it's changed. Mm. And that if I were to move back, I would have to go through culture shock again. Probably. Right. So to to continue learning and growing, because I guess once you you know learn the culture and acculturate, it's still dynamic. It's not stagnant. Yeah, but there's something else you have to get used to. Uh, my children grew up there, so mm. they if. My daughter who lives there with her family, she's one of them. Mm. But I would never be one of them. Right. And uh, so there is, a, in a sense, some ongoing cultural stress. It might be very, very minor mm. over time. And you may be very loved and very, uh, uh, you know, respected. But you will always not be one yeah completely yeah that's that's an important point uh well daddy thank you so much for being with us today uh this was a great blessing to me um and thank you for joining us on this episode of the global city mission podcast you can learn more about gcm on our website at globalcitymission.org or you can visit us on our facebook and twitter